You're listening to the Parents of Hardworking Teens podcast, episode 48. The four phases of getting your teen so good at using the most sophisticated skills, the most effective techniques, and the best strategies in their study assignments and exams that they do it accurately and effectively and automatically so that everything becomes super smooth and super successful and even any hiccups that do occur are ironed out quickly and easily. I'm Katie Jones and with over 15 years in education as an award-winning high school teacher, international external examiner and as a study coach, I've helped thousands of students skyrocket their results and confidence and this podcast is where I share all my insights, tactics and tips with you, the parent, so you can help your hardworking team get happy, smart and successful in their study and have you both enjoy the journey along the way. This is the Parents of Hardworking Teens podcast. Hello, my very important parents. How is your week going so far? I am pretty sure that everyone is now fully back into the swing of school, no matter where you're listening from after the Easter break. And I know for some of you, it might already feel like a distant memory because it kind of goes like that sometimes, doesn't it, after we get back. But I hope that you and your teen had a fantastic break, enjoyed time with family and friends and some time for fun and relaxation. And I have to admit that I did really love the Easter break, but I did spend a lot of my Easter holiday brainstorming and planning and collating tons of research and prep ready for the next level live event getting big marks in those big questions, all about achieving the top criteria, the top level descriptors in extended responses, whether that's an extended response exam question, essays, assignments, reports, inquiry tasks. I'm hosting the event on Sunday the 7th of May. So that's just in a few days time when you'll be listening to this, if you're listening to this as this episode drops. I will share a bit more about that with you at the end of this podcast because enrollment is open right now for next level coaching. So stay on for that at the end if you'd like to hear more about getting your teen in on that special event and all of the coaching that is available as well. And this ties in so well with what I want to talk about today, the four phases of mastery. And this is for anything. Now, of course, I'm going to talk about them in relation to study, but you also know I love a good analogy and I've got a good one for this. And of course, you can apply this to any aspect that you might like to just outside of this podcast. But also in particular, I'm going to focus in on moving particularly from the third through to the fourth phase where study becomes optimized. Optimized so that your teen becomes the most successful, efficient and effective version of themselves when it comes to their study. So that they're using the skills, strategies and techniques that I deliver in the 10-week grade transformation program and do it accurately and effectively and automatically so that everything becomes super smooth and super successful and even any hiccups that do occur because nothing in life is 100% perfect 100% of the time, right? Those are dealt with and ironed out really quickly and easily without all the drama. Okay, so phase one. Picture me at 17 years old, hair a bit longer, 
and Frisia <laughs> sat in the library at college during my A-levels. It was the second year of my A-levels. So that's the equivalent of ATAR over here in Australia. And I'd rifled through the National Geographic articles and found one that sounded like it kind of tied in with the topic that I was learning at that time in geography. Now, of course, yes, this was back in the time, like we'd barely gotten the internet. I think we'd been shown it. <laughs> I actually did A-level IT because I basically knew that I had no idea about computers and I was a little bit forward thinking, I guess, at that age. And we got shown the internet one day in class. They were like, there's this thing. And no joke, we got shown like it was the most irrelevant, random thing. It was like a carpet or a tiling type website. I have no idea why. Clearly, that didn't really stick with me very much. <laughs> but as I was sat in the library with the paper copies of the National Geographic, I sat and wrote pretty much two whole A4 pages of notes on it. And as you can tell, yes, I was terrible at summarizing and condensing notes as a student. And I'll tell you why. It was because I was always worried that the part that I decided to leave out would be something that was really important. And I'll say right away that that in itself is a phase four level of mastery, being able to figure out what's actually important. I would say that at the level below that, and I will go through these later on, but the level below that, phase three, is being able to summarize those notes using effective note-taking structures or systems. But phase four is optimizing that note-taking by knowing and understanding what you actually need to be getting from that and why, why it's going to be important, what you're going to need to do with it. That is the next level of mastery, right? Having the subtle but important understanding behind why those notes are being taken, what for, how they're going to be used, what's the best way, what's the right focus. Now, that geo article wasn't particularly interesting to me or anything, but I'd heard or been told at some point that to improve my grades, I should do, you've got it, wider reading around the subject. In particular, that it was good to have a variety of case studies and examples to be able to use and refer to in my essays or exam answers. So, of course, being the hardworking student who wanted to get those Bs up to As, I was getting, I would say like Bs, B pluses, maybe the odd A minus, but I really wanted to be getting some of those proper As. That's what I did. And then I filed those notes into my big ring binder of knowledge. <laughs> You know, the badge of honor that we used to carry around, it was like a visual symbol of how many hours I'd spent studying. And I would be impressed by other people's ring binders of knowledge as well. That isn't literally what we call them. That's just what I'm referring to them as now. But then after, let's say, more and more and more hours of study and revision and wider reading and more study and more revision, along with my other subjects, I went on and obviously sat those two, two different geography exam papers that I had to sit. And what do you think happened? What do you think my results were? Was it that I got a top A grade because of all that extra study I did? No. <laughs> now, spoiler alert, this isn't any dramatic story I'm about to tell you. It's not even a brilliant, funny story. It's very average. And I'm betting very common, which is exactly the reason why I'm telling it. Because here's how it really went. Everything is true up to the point of sitting those exams. And here's what really happened. In my results, I got a B overall for geography. So not bad, but probably totally doable without all of that extra study, extra notes, extra case studies and examples. And 
Did I shoehorn in that extra case study that I wrote about in the library into one of my answers? You bet I did. (laughs) And you know what? It would have been hilarious to read that as an examiner. I can think about it now on reflection. It would be like, here's this decent answer, because it was a B grade, remember, for the overall result of those papers. So nothing spectacular, but pretty decent. So here's this decent answer with this random, tenuously linked and totally unnecessary, gaining zero credit, most likely. I would put money that it gained zero marks. Case study info. So that's the non-dramatic, (laughs) non-interesting, and I think non-unique ending. But you know what is interesting? That I have such a strong memory of sitting in that library, writing out those particular notes. And I think I know why that is. I think part of it is because at the time I was feeling pretty proud of myself. I was doing something that the supposed top students do, doing wider research, making all of these study notes. So I definitely had this sort of emotion of feeling proud. But also, and I think this is actually the main reason, I remember even then thinking in the back of my mind, there was like this nagging thought of like, I'm not really sure how this is going to actually help me. Like, I don't know where I'm going to write this on the exam paper. Now, like I said, I definitely found a place to write it. But even then, I wasn't convinced that I'd ever really need that extra information. I wasn't really sure what it was going to be doing, apart from just expanding my knowledge in general, because we'd already covered everything in the syllabus in our lessons, and I did understand it. I got it. It wasn't like I wasn't sure about something, so I had to go and look it up fully to understand it better. That would be a different thing to doing wider reading. That would be consolidating learning or making sure that I fully understand a concept. But I carried on anyway. I carried on slaving away, following the advice, doing anything and everything I thought I should or could be doing to help me get the results I really wanted. And this is what I still see happening for students today. They're doing the things they think they could or should be doing to raise their grades or produce better results because they believe totally understandably, that just working hard and doing everything they're told to will mean that they get the best grades they're capable of. But they don't truly know how it is going to help them. And in fact, they're often spending time and effort on things that are barely going to make any difference to their grades. They don't know how to study strategically, just like I didn't either as a student. I would estimate now that probably about 50% of what I was doing to try and get better results was either useless, and I do not say that lightly, I mean it, useless, or could have at least been a lot more effective. For example, there are so many things that I would get a student to do before doing wider reading around the subject. Things that would actually improve or contribute directly to their results, both in the way that they study and in their grades. The problem is we don't know what we don't know. And when students don't know what they don't know, they're what I've come to call this first phase problem unaware. Problem unaware. In other words, There is a problem here. There's something keeping them stuck, stuck at a particular grade they can't seem to break through, stuck slaving over their study for more hours than is necessary. And they're not aware that this is even a problem. They actually think they're doing all the right things. It's like when you need to get somewhere 
and you're trying to cycle and it's slow and it's tiring and there are some places we're just never going to get to because they're up really steep hills or they're just too far away to be able to cycle to them. And at times it's annoying or frustrating, but all you know is to try to ride and cycle faster and for longer because you don't even know that there is this thing called a car. Just like students don't realize that there is an application element of the study success formula at play here, let alone being aware of or being trained in the skills that they need in order to do it. So in science and psychology, this is called being unconsciously incompetent. So we're incompetent at something and we don't even realize it. We don't even know that there's this skill that we need. But I kind of think that that wording, unconsciously incompetent, it just kind of sounds a little bit harsh, which is why I've named this phase as problem unaware. Because after all, it is not your teen's fault if this is them. They are not taught any of this explicitly in schools. And I didn't even have a clue really as a teacher until four years into my teaching when I decided to go and do external exam marking. And if you heard my interview with Gemma Toms a couple of episodes back, then you'll know that she said the same about what you come to know only when you've done external exam marking. And so it's not the teacher's or the school's faults either. They're not required to know or to explicitly teach any of this and they are very busy delivering the knowledge part of the study success formula. Knowledge plus application equals success. They are delivering the jam-packed curriculum. So what's the next phase and how do we get your team to it? Okay, the next phase is to become problem aware or consciously incompetent. So we know that there is something we need or that's missing or that we want to learn and even master and we know that we don't have those skills yet. This is partly what this podcast is about. So I'm hopefully making you aware of the skills and the strategies that will help your teen and what won't so that to go back to that cycling versus car analogy, they realize that there is such a thing as the car, even if they haven't yet learned to drive it. So then we know that there is this thing called a car and we learn the skills to start driving it. We practice them. And phase three, problem solved, we are in the car and we are driving. We are getting the training. We're finally understanding all the levers or the pedals, the nuances of changing gears, knowing what the road signs mean, what's required of us, knowing what the rules of the road are. We are practicing and we are doing it. This is where we are consciously competent or the name I just used, problem solved. We can get ourselves to where we want to go And we can do it faster with less effort than having to cycle, although we are still having to concentrate. So if you remember back to that time when you still had to really think about the gear changes and concentrate on getting the clutch right as we move away from traffic lights. And sometimes if we just lose focus for a little while, the windscreen wipers start going when really we just wanted to indicate left. And giving your teen the keys to the car and training them in how to drive it is what the 10-week grade transformation does. It's where I teach them the rules of the road 
teach them the game of exam success, how to dissect any question, structure any essay in relation to the question or their thesis, and how to study in a way that gives them maximum return on effort because they understand how the game works and what they have to do. They have the skills to drive and to drive the car independently to get themselves to their goals, to their destination, to places that previously were not accessible to them before. Perhaps they never even believed were possible for them to get to because now they know what's really required. They know how to do it. They know how to put that across in their answers. So they are hitting their desired destination, their desired grades or results, and they are doing it faster and more easily and with less wrong turns, less uphill battles and with less exasperation or confusion along the way. And it feels pretty amazing and exciting. If you're anything like me, when you also think back to learning to drive and then even passing your test, it was so exciting. And this sense of freedom was fantastic. But the ultimate goal, when you really think about it, is not to stay at phase three where you're doing it, but you're having to really concentrate and you're having to think and maybe you're still making the odd few little mistakes along the way. The ultimate goal is to get to the fourth phase. No problem. Which is where we are in official terms unconsciously competent, where we are driving effortlessly and skillfully and not having to think about every move and maneuver. We have mastered the skills and we do them repeatedly, automatically, on demand, confidently, and importantly, accurately. We don't want to be crashing. At the no problem phase, your team doesn't have to concentrate as hard on the actual skills or how to do them or use them. So for example, they don't have to work to pick out the command word in every question. It just naturally jumps out at them. It's the first thing they go and look for and they know exactly what it means and exactly what they need to do to respond at the level it demands, even for the high level questions. They automatically use active note-taking and revision techniques. They're condensing and transforming information as they go. They're planning their tasks and extended responses just as part of the process of tackling them. And they are optimizing their study and themselves as a student. This is driving the car unconsciously. We do it without having to think. And this is half of what we do in next level coaching as we practice everything together. So your teen is actioning and applying everything from the Temi program because they're getting direct and detailed feedback on their own writing, their own tasks, their own exam questions, their written essays. So they know that they are doing it right because it's where they get feedback to tweak their responses or have reinforcement of where they're doing really, really well and why so they can produce their highest quality work and see all different examples and all different ways that questions and tasks are asked by observing the coaching we do as a group so that nothing is daunting anymore. But the other half of next level coaching is really where we do the advanced training where your team gets to become a professional driver. Maybe they're more of a racetrack style driver or maybe they're more of a precise and orderly chauffeur. But either way, they are performing at an elite level. Because when I think about this in relation to that car and driving to my destination, I can drive. But if I tried to drive a racetrack right now, 
I could get around it safely, most likely, but there wouldn't be any panache. I certainly wouldn't be achieving a top time. So I can get to more places now that I'm in the car, but I need advanced training if I'm going to become a top performer in the study arena or if I'm going to do it in the fastest, smoothest way possible. So the 10WGT gives your team the car and teaches them to drive it. It gets them to that third phase of mastery. It allows them to peak at that third phase of mastery. And it's where next level coaching comes in that gets them to that fourth phase, the no problem, because they practice regularly with expert feedback and coaching, and they've gotten the advanced training and honed their skills and up leveled their performance because there will still be some challenges for them as they start taking on higher level tasks as they move up through their year groups. If they have to drive a mountain road or race that racetrack, but they can navigate any challenges more confidently and effectively, and they can get back on track without too much fuss or drama if they ever find themselves off track. Now, you're probably starting to think about which phase your teen is currently at in their study. And if they are in phase one or two, or even maybe getting some elements of phase three, and you would like to have them at the peak of that third phase of problem solved, whether they are problems like time management, procrastination, exam technique and performance, remembering information for revision, tackling assignments, writing high quality essays with ease and you'd like to have them do it all with a proven system, with me delivering everything to your teen on a plate, then go enroll them into the 10-week grade transformation program. It's at www.rocksolidstudy.com forward slash program. Or if they've completed the 10WGT, they've got the car, they have the keys, they know how to drive it, and they are already making progress. They're already hitting goals or grades that they'd never reached before, and they are ready to take to the racetrack (laughs) so they can say no problem to whatever they're thrown in their study. Not necessarily because it's going to be super easy, but because they have the confidence, they have the skills, they've practiced and honed them to be able to deal with whatever they are given. Then go over right now to www.gradetransformation.com forward slash next level to enroll in time for our next level online live event. It is going to be the highest level training that I have delivered to date. So I hope that these four phases help give you a clear idea of where your teen is currently at in terms of their study and their goals and achieving them in a smooth and sustainable and stress-free fashion so that they can do it all whilst enjoying that journey along the way. Have a brilliant week, everyone. I will talk to you again next week here on the podcast. Bye for now. Hey, if you're a repeat listener, I would be incredibly grateful if you take a moment to rate and review the podcast. I'm not big on asking for these things, but I'm on a mission to help as many students and their parents as possible. And having more ratings and reviews really does help with that. It takes less than a minute to do, and it will make me love you lots if you do. 